Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris knows this all too well. The joy that I experienced about <laughs> half an hour ago when the Steelers injury report dropped, <laughs> not for the players listed on it, obviously, yeah. but for the sheer factor of being able to get it early so we could have it for the feed, for news purposes, and for this show. <clears throat> what yep. an absolute glorious feeling on that front, Chris. Happy Football Friday, everyone. Happy Football Friday, indeed. This is, of course, the Southside Beat, as we are every Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30-ish Eastern. I'm going to start saying ish at the end of that one. Uh, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube, live streaming, and then, of course, later where podcasts are found. He is Chris Halleck. I am Corey Christen. I am in a well-lit, obviously, high-quality environment today. High-quality Corey's back. Much less like the last two days. And, Chris, we're going to open the show right with news. Uh, this is, some ways, a news show, as much as it is you know, us wanting to give our opinions and our thoughts about the Steelers. Um, the, big, the two big things, Kenny Pickett is in, which mm-hmm. was pretty indicative given um, you know, he was limited Wednesday with the knee injury, bumped up to full Thursday. He practiced okay. in full on Friday and does not carry an injury designation. Alex Highsmith, who popped on Thursday's injury report as a DNP, and we were all like, whoa, what the hell, you know? Um, As it turns out, he injured his groin at the end of of Wednesday's practice, and that's what kept him out Thursday as a precaution. He practiced in a uh, limited fashion on Friday and is now listed as questionable for Sunday, and five Steelers have been ruled out for Sunday. That's Presley Harvin. That's Presley Harvin with the hamstring. Dan Moore, we knew that with the knee. James Daniels with the groin. This is the second game he'll miss in a row. Pat Frymuth with the hamstring. We, we had an indication from Tomlin on Tuesday Man, uh, that Frymuth would be up. Yeah. And DeMarvin Leal is still in the concussion protocol. Now, Leal mm-hmm. practiced in a limited fashion um, on Thursday. He did not practice on Wednesday, so he was essentially upgraded. But then he did not practice on Friday, so... Leal being held out could, could mean symptoms are still lingering. Could mean a, a number of different things. The the protocol is pretty specific. So um, obviously, if he was only able to be limited once, and it was in the middle of the week, or the or in the middle of those three practice days, then yeah, it's not not, not looking good. So 
And the final piece that kind of popped today, Najee Harris limited on Friday with a hamstring issue, but does not carry an injury designation into Sunday. So a quick roundup. Kenny Pickett is in. Alex Highsmith is questionable. Mm -hmm. Five Steelers are out. Presley Harvin, Dan Moore, James Daniels, Pat Fryermuth, and DeMarvin Leal. Yep. And the Najee thing uh, popping up, you know, obviously is something to watch, um, especially in the game against the Ravens. The Steelers are going to try to establish the run. They always do. Uh, but especially against the Ravens, it's just part of that, you know, it's part of the physical battle that is always Steelers and Ravens. And if your starting running back is a little banged up, even if it's just a little tiny hamstring thing, you know, maybe that's why you do that. You know, as soon as one little thing happened, you know, just pull him out. He's limited. No big deal. Let it rest Saturday, go into Sunday with him as healthy as he can be. So uh, definitely something to watch during warmups on Sunday morning for sure. Um, and then Cole Holcomb and Chooks core for they practiced in full Thursday and Friday. They were limited Wednesday. So yeah. uh, Holcomb with the back, Chooks with an elbow. So those two are going to be good to go uh, for Sunday. You know, Kenny obviously being in, we've talked about the quarterbacks and about Pickett and his health and even a less than 100% Pickett. Do you play him right before by? There's, of course, going to be discourse around that. And I'm sure on Sunday after the game, all of the hindsighters will come out and say, yes, that was a good idea. No, that was not a good idea, but we're going to find out on Sunday. Uh, the big one right now is Alex Highsmith, Chris. And mm -hmm. right now on DKPittsburghSports.com, I was able to churn out a story quick enough uh, before this show started about Alex Highsmith and his, um, you know, he says he's going to be able to play Sunday. He says he'll be good to go. Um, I would assume that he's being listed questionable today and they're going to test him out tomorrow and pregame uh, as to whether or not he will play. And when you're facing the Ravens, which have a top five rushing attack in the NFL, you know, this is the third time in the span of five games that the Steelers are going to face a top five rushing offense yeah. in the NFL. You need all the help you can get after facing the 49ers and the Browns. So yes, you need all the help you can get. And there's some, there's some guy back there named Lamar Jackson, who's a former MVP. Um, he's rushed for four, just under 44 yards per game in his career against the Steelers. So having mm -hmm. Highsmith on the field obviously is a huge deal, but you know, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig, Golden obviously has done well with filling in and Herbig. Let's be honest. Ever since that red-hot preseason that he had, he's been kind of quiet, you know? He's been kind of quiet. He only played in four snaps on Sunday, and I asked Terrell Austin about that on Thursday. Mm -hmm. You can read that on the site right now. But Highsmith is the big one, Chris. If he can't play or if he's fairly limited, mm -hmm. you know, that's just more trouble for a Steelers defense that is having trouble with stopping the run. Yeah, I mean, they – listen, no matter how it happens, um, no matter who's in there, Obviously, you want to you want to see you know other guys contribute, and you know if Alex Highsmith is active, you know with with the injuries, you know there's a possibility that his you know his workload gets you know depleted just a little bit, you know, or I would say depleted but limited just a little bit, and so that does pave the way for guys such as you know Marcus Golden and 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 Nick Herbig to come in and to make a make a splash. Um, somebody needs to do something because this running game, this run defense has been absolutely terrible. Um, it's looked way more like the 2021 version of the Steelers than the 2022 version. Um, and this is with a healthy TJ Watt. I understand Cam Hayward is not in the middle, but you have some guys specifically Keon and Benton who's playing well in the middle, but they're not playing well collectively. And I think mm -hmm. that's the, that's the big problem. And so obviously you want to have all the guys you can have in there. Um, but you want to be able to have, 
you want to be able to limit the drop off whenever starters have to come off. When TJ Watt has to come off, you want to make sure that you know Marcus Golden or, or Nick Herbig is is you know staying productive. You want you know when Alex Highsmith comes off the field, you want to make sure those two guys are staying productive. Um, it's not been you know that's not been clear so far, but you know it's only four games into the season. There's still a long way to go. Nick Herbig's a young player. He was a fourth round pick for a reason. Fifth round pick, fourth round. I can't remember. Fourth. Uh, fourth round. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Real quick, Chris, we have a little more breaking news. This is amazing oop. for a football Friday. Um, Ravens injury report just oop. dropped. Nice. Um, this is important. Okay, so first off, uh, linebacker Adafi Owe and cornerback Daryl Worley are both out mm. uh, with respective ankle and shoulder issues. But here's the big one. Five Ravens are currently listed questionable. Mm. Odell Beckham, Justice Hill, Marlon Humphrey, Keaton Mitchell, the running back, and Ronnie Stanley, the offensive tackle are yeah. all listed questionable. Morgan Moses, the other offensive tackle, is listed as doubtful for the game. So the Ravens could be without a couple of big pieces on the offensive line. Obviously, Odell Beckham and Marlon Humphrey are impact players on the offense or defense. Let's do our famous stall tactic where you can elaborate on this, and I will add this to our feed <laughs> on DKFitzbergSports.com. Well, the, the, the thing with Marlon Humphrey uh, is – Obviously, that that's a huge piece of the Ravens' defense. You know, when we're when we're talking about the, the the main pieces of their defense, you know, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in the middle are right there. But Marlon Humphrey is an All-Pro cornerback. Um, if the Ravens have him, that's that's a big thing. And and it's especially worth noting that he hasn't played at all this season. He he's been out with this injury, and so um, yeah, it's if he's there and this is his first game that he plays this season, that that's a that's a huge addition. Um, and especially against the Steelers offense, that is, <laughs> we've gone over plenty of how bad the offense has been, especially, you know, in the passing game. So if Marlon Humphrey is there, that's just going to make the Ravens even stronger. Um, you know, Ronnie Stanley possibly being there is obviously going to be a big, be a big boost on their offensive line, even though their, their lines looked pretty good, both in pass protection and in the running game. Um, I, the Ravens are the, the th big thing to take away from their injury report, honestly, is. Yeah, and and Spice Creation says that they've been winning without Humphrey. They've been winning without a lot of with dealing you know, dealing with a lot of injuries. You know, Odell Beckham, uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey. Um, they've been without some significant players. They're still finding a way to win games. They're still three and one. Uh, their one loss is in overtime uh, in, a, in a pretty poorly played game. They still you know had a chance to win. You know, it took it took a, a fifth quarter in order to get that done. Um, so, yeah, I, I, this is still a really good football team, and they're finding a way to play really well uh, while they're while there are injuries. So, um, Robert Cotting asks, uh, "Does uh, Leal still have a concussion?" Well, he's as we said earlier in the show, he didn't practice Wednesday. He was limited Thursday, and then he didn't practice again today, and he's been ruled out. Um, so. He was announced to have have a concussion, and so if he's still in the protocol, then it's safe to assume that he still has a concussion. Um, at, at the very least, he is still dealing with symptoms, and so if he's dealing with symptoms, he stays in the protocol. You have to pass different stages of the protocol in order to in order to you know completely get out of it. So he's still in it. So yeah, that's the that's the big thing. So uh, a lot of questions have come up in the feed. Uh, here on the live stream about groin and hamstring injuries. And if you look at both injury reports, they're really loaded with these lower body injuries. And of course, Cam Hayward was injured week one with a groin injury, had to have surgery for it. Alex Highsmith tweaked the groin. 
Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson with hamstrings. You know, this is a trend in some cases. And Chris, I think part of it has to do with these rules about hitting players high and targeting and all this other stuff. And then another part of it has to deal with just general torque and wear and tear when you're playing on these different field surfaces every week. Now, playing on natural grass, the studies say, supposedly is safer than playing on turf is. But And I'm not an agrarian by any means. I'm not going to pretend that, you know, I, I know things about, you know, sod and about softness and yeah. about firmness and all that stuff. But I do find that interesting that there is a really high number of these groin and hamstring and leg injuries that are popping up. And, and of course, that goes with the Achilles and the ACLs and all the non-contact stuff that you've seen lately. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I think some teams, you know, tend to deal with it, you know, in waves. Um, I think one thing that we're kind of noticing is that this team stayed relatively healthy last year. They didn't really deal with I mean, the entire offensive line started all 17 games. Obviously, you know, TJ Watt missed seven games. That was a huge one. Um, but outside of that, I mean, when you look at everybody else who was able to play, they were they were pretty much there. Um, you know, and you know, we, now we've already seen James Daniels be out for two games. So it took, what, until the fourth game of the season to, to see the, the second starting five uh, for an offensive line. You know, that, that the Steelers were, were preparing for stuff like that. So I think they were a little lucky um, last year when it came to the amount of injuries. And so I think this year when, when you're seeing the amount of injuries that the Steelers, Steelers are dealing with, it looks like a lot more. But really, this is kind of – nothing about this has really been like, man, they are just being absolutely hit hard with injuries. This is pretty much par for the course when it comes to an NFL season. Guys deal with hamstrings. They deal with groins. They deal with – uh, just random tightness in, in certain things. And it's up to the coaches to make sure that to manage their workload so that uh, they protect them. Um, whether that means, you know, okay, we got to kind of protect them in the long term. So maybe we'll take a little easy with them, or, you know, maybe they're healthy enough to play as long as their, their workload is man- kind of what the Steelers dealt with with Larry Ogunjobi last year. Didn't do a lot of practicing so that he could stay on the field on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So um, managing load management, right? If you're a basketball yeah. fan, that's uh, that's the load management that everybody hates to see, except the difference yeah. is in the NBA, they do it in the games. And that uh, really does ruffle some feathers in terms of like, you know, you want to buy a ticket to see LeBron play, but he's just not, you know, he's yeah. not playing like I, that would ruffle me too. But uh, at least yeah. in the NFL sense, you can do that in the practice. I did see somebody ask about Larry O. Larry O's been practicing all week. Yeah, he has not. He, been on he the wasn't even report. on the injury report. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, Mike, and, go ahead. Sorry, as Mike brings up the point, it's because they don't practice in pads. And I think there is a prevailing theory. You know, I don't know how, you know, Dom, you know, how, how much this actually, you know, resonates with, with fans or with people in the who actually work in football. But, you know, that the whole, you know, they're, you know, a lot softer nowadays. They don't, they don't hit as hard and everything like that. And that is actually kind of counterproductive uh, to how players, are properly conditioned. It's kind of like back in the day, you know, when I, I go, I kind of default back to baseball, you know, pitchers are getting injured so much this year, you know, nowadays needing Tommy John surgery, stuff like that. <clears throat> and then you look back in the day, you know, no, like the seventies and eighties, Nolan Ryan's day, stuff like that. Pitchers were, you know, throwing 300 innings a season, you know, it's like, how, how come they were able to do it back then? And they don't do it now. It's cause you know, how, you know, things are treated differently. So, um, you know, Damon Brown, uh, you know, brings up, you know, then the other counterpoint to that, you think we went too hard in camp. Um, I, I honestly, 
I, I can't pretend to be an expert on this. Like, honestly, I, I wish, I wish I knew more about it. Um, you know, you could talk about, okay, well, you know, if you, if you're not conditioned to do it, to do more, then you're not going to be able to do more. And so when you try to do more, your body's not ready for it. But then if you go too far in the other direction and you do too much, you can then obviously get injured. So, um, kind of like what, what Tomlin did to the Steelers in his first season as head coach in 2007, he ran them ragged in, in camp. And by the time the season came to, you know, they lost in the wild card round to the Jaguars at home. And by the time that game rolled around, they were dead tired. They were done. They were already checked out. Like this, we don't have anything left in the tank. And, uh, you know, Tomlin learned his lesson, you know, he, you know, and then they ended up went on to win the Super Bowl the next year. So look at Demond stealing our thunder. Look at the bond stealing our thunder. We're talking about the injury report, man. We're talking about the injury report. Uh, if you just felt your phone vibrate or about to feel your phone vibrate, uh, that is the notification coming through on your DK Pittsburgh sports app. And as a reminder, you could sign up for those notifications for free on our free to download app. Uh, all you have to do is search DK Pittsburgh sports in your Apple app store, or Google play store, download it, find your favorite teams in your settings, turn on those notifications and anytime an injury report drops or Alex Highsmith says he'll play or Patrick Peterson uh, calls Zay Flowers a munchkin, uh, <laughs> we will push that alert to you, uh, no question. And obviously that goes for Penguins and Pirates, but I will plug, of course, the Steelers content on uh, our Steelers show. Now, Chris, Lamar Jackson, obviously a former MVP. There it is, the notification. See, look, I'm telling you guys, it's, <laughs> it's right there for you. Uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Now, I think it's interesting that in five seasons he's only faced – the Steelers five times. And of course, mm -hmm. Jackson has been plagued with injuries at several junctions of his career. As and, Joe Yenzer uh, points out here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Joe Yenzer says it won't be long before Lamar Jackson is injured. The second half of the season will do him in. So Lamar has played in five games against the Steelers in his career, but he has played against the Bengals seven oh, times man. and the Browns 10 times. So in fact, the Steelers have gotten, you could call it lucky with avoiding Lamar Jackson as far as half the times is concerned when it comes to facing the Browns. That. They've done really well against Lamar Jackson. The point is, is that a former league MVP, um, you know, has not been available for half of the games that he could have played against the Steelers. But this is not to say that Lamar Jackson is going to be um, neutered in any kind of way on Sunday. This um, is still going to be the same Lamar Jackson. If anything, if anything, he's he's more. Matthew McKinney points out he's one and two. He's actually two and three. Uh, he's he's two and three against against the Steelers. He has a, a passer rating of sixty seven point four mm -hmm. against the Steelers, which is the worst against any team he's ever faced. Um, the Steelers. I, I mean, maybe it's a large enough sample size. I don't know, but based off of just that. The Steelers have his number. Now, that doesn't mean that you just go into the stadium. You were like, all right, we got his number. No big deal. Like, no, you still do have to prepare for possibly 2019 Lamar Jackson showing up and, you know, shredding you for 200 yards on the ground and 180 through the air with five total touchdowns. You just have to know that that's an absolute possibility. And especially when you look at the tape and the way Lamar Jackson's played this year He's looked really, really comfortable in this new offense. It's not drastically different, so he still gets to be himself. But, man, he is looking really comfortable, especially throwing the football. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I don't know. I mean, something's got to give. I'll mm -hmm. put it that way because Lamar Jackson play has, in the you know, so far to this point, has played terrible against the Steelers. 
the Steelers are playing terrible right now. Something's got to give. I mean, are the chances for both to play terrible Sunday, I'm sure that's you know possible, but something's got to give. Somebody's going to end up on top of this game. Mm-hmm. Somebody. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Steeler Nation for life. Uh, whoever said JPJ can't tackle, I said that yesterday. And I'm not saying he can't hey, tackle. Watch the tape in Houston. Yeah, I'm watch not saying he can't tackle. I'm saying he's really struggling with it. And this is nothing new. He has struggled with tackling since he got to Latrobe. This is a this is an issue for Joey Porter Jr. And look. JPJ is far from a polished prospect. I understand that. And I also understand that he probably should be playing and getting more than 10 snaps a game by this rate. But there is a method to the Steelers' madness sometimes. And this this is certainly uh, the case. Chris, in talking about Lamar Jackson and talking about um, Joey Porter Jr. and talking about tackling and everything, you know, this secondary has to deal with uh, a kid named Zay Flowers. And, yes, Patrick Peterson can joke all he wants and call and call Zay Flowers a munchkin and everything. But Tank Dell was a receiver they faced last week when they played Houston. And these rookie wide receivers, it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to me because if you're not built like Calvin Johnson, you might as well be built like Calvin Austin. Meaning that these these receivers are tending to be a little smaller. They play mm-hmm. in the slot. They run these jet sweeps. You can put them in the backfield, in the slot, on the outside, whenever it needs to be. And Terrell Austin talked about it yesterday, and Patrick Peterson talked about it today, about how these rookie receivers and, and these younger guys are just being used in different ways than do, just downfield threats. And Zay Flowers certainly appeals to that. Uh, Brett Haynes brings up, you're correct about JPJ, but would he be a good speed option to stay with Flowers? Like, listen, this is, this was the big thing whenever I was whenever I was at the Combine and I was talking to people in the Steelers organization. And the main thing that I got, for what they're looking for in a cornerback in the draft. The main thing, obviously their their ability to tackle was a huge one, was a huge point. Uh, but ability to run with receivers was the key thing that they were looking for. Now, obviously they didn't take a cornerback in the first round. There were a couple of cornerbacks there that they could have taken, uh, either tr- you know trading up to 14 or if they would have uh, stood pat at 17 that they could have taken, that would have fit that mold. They didn't. Mm-hmm. So, like Deontay Banks is a, is a, is a good example of that, but they didn't. And at thirty two, they took Joey Porter Jr. Now, Joey Porter Jr. is not known primarily for running with receivers. He's known for being very physical press cornerback. Can help bump off the line of scrimmage. So maybe he could throw off the timing and everything like that. But in terms of the ability to run with a Zay Flowers, with a Ty- Tyree Kill, with one of those really speedster receivers, that I think is one area where we're really going to get a test to see just just what Joey Porter Jr. is actually made of. Mm-hmm. I think this one might be a good week to see that. Um, and, and I don't want to go this uh, to, to this Ooh, extent. Oh, yeah, I, let's not go that far. I don't want to go the, to this extent where JPJ is going to end up like, you know, end up like a, like a bus like Devin Bush or anything like that. I don't think that. I think I think he has, he definitely has the tools to be a good, really, really good NFL cornerback. He absolutely does. And in coverage, he has looked pr- like good more often than not 
in coverage. It's been small sample sizes, and I think the Steelers are doing that on purpose. They're not trying to throw him out there and say, figure it out. They're trying to coach him up. They're trying to get him prepared by easing him in more and more and more every single week. And so, obviously, football scenario, you know, football situations dictate his usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I'm not ready to go to that and say, oh, well, he might be this. It, it's four games into his career right now. There's still a lot left. I mean, he definitely has things where he's uh, areas where he's looked good. There are definitely things to clean up. This may be one of the reasons why he wasn't taken in the first round. This might be one of the reasons. Well, also, Christian Gonzalez is out for the season now, but that's besides the point. Devin Witherspoon, both of those guys have played really well. So if Porter's third in that class, then that's not a bad mantle to take right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody asked about uh, Corey Trice. Uh, Where is it? Jordan did. I have it on the screen. I should look. Uh, Jordan asked about Corey Trice. Said Corey Trice would come in handy right now. Um, Here's a little just from me walking around the south side. He's off of crutches right now. So positive news regarding Corey Trice's uh, ACL uh, recovery. We'll take one more question and we'll take it from AJ Dub before we go on to uh, some picks here. And in the meantime, while I'm, we're answering AJ's question, those that are listening live, please drop your picks in the chat. We'll pop them on the screen as they come along. Uh, AJ asks, what will you guys be looking for specifically from 77 being Broderick Jones on Sunday? Are the few, first few drives high stakes for him? Um, I'm looking for keeping Kenny Pickett clean, right? Like whatever that takes to keep Kenny Pickett clean. Yeah. And Look, when you Chris, you watched the tape from the fourth and one. It wasn't really Broderick Jones's doing that Kenny Pickett, you know, rolled the wrong way and threw the Mm-mm. ball the wrong way and did everything backwards on that play that led to him getting hurt. Like Broderick no. Jones kept him clean enough there, as an example. Mm-hmm. As long as Broderick Jones, and it depends on what the Ravens are going to do, obviously, schematically. I think Broderick Jones has a really nice opportunity here. And I'm not saying the Ravens have the best pass rush in football by any means, but they're not any slouches either. So I think Jones, you know, it's a tough matchup. It's never an easy matchup to play your first, you know, career start against the Ravens. No. But um, I think Jones has a pretty decent opportunity here at some success. Yeah, I, I obviously the the big thing and Broderick Jones right now is a more polished run blocker uh, right now than he is in pass protection. And so that plays into, okay, the Steelers began to show some signs of life with that running game last week especially in the second half, it, it, it you started to see flashes of being like, okay, Najee's running the way that we saw him run last year. The offensive line was giving him some holes finally. Okay, now it's starting to look good. How do they – How do they, and that, that kind of goes into why why the title of this episode is Any Chance the Steelers Actually Show Up. Like, do they – are they able to build off of that? Are they able to, to go into the stadium – you know, assert, you know, impose their will on the Ravens and be like, you know what? We're running the football. It doesn't mean they have to average five yards of carry, but are they able to, you know, run on first down, make it second and six? Are they able to run on second and seven and make it third and four or third and three, you know, third and short, you know, something like that, you know, when they do run the football, are they able, are they setting themselves up better for the next down instead of, you know, losing yards or producing absolutely nothing that that is what the run game needs to do it needs to control the clock it needs to help keep the offense in rhythm that's what that's why they need to get set up and when it comes to Broderick Jones being a part of that he's a good run blocker as of right now he looks good against the Texans he sealed off his edges when he needed to obviously you want to help keep Kenny Pickett you know you want to keep his his jersey clean but I think more than anything it if there's a way to get him going to and really to get the offense as a whole going it's run the football 
picks time. Chris, you first. Yee! Oh boy, picks. All right, <laughs> you got you guys sending your picks too. We'll put as many as we can on the screen. Oh, we're doing it right um, now. So I, like I said, something's got to give when it comes to this. Lamar Jackson sucks against the Steelers, and the Steelers <laughs> suck right now. Irresistible force, a movable, a movable object for my yeah, wrestling fans. Somebody but, put it in the but chat. But it would I be, it. but it would be like the exact opposite. It would be like what's gonna win a limp noodle or I don't know. I can't even think of anything funny about it. It's just it's <laughs> something's got to give when it comes to that because I would like to say Lamar Jackson's gonna 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 ball out because the Steelers defense looks terrible, but then. The Steelers could very well figure this out. <laughs> they just seem to every because there have been times where we've gone in and, and into a game, and it looks like Lamar Jackson's going to go off, and then he sucks again. It's just I I don't know. <laughs> one PM AFC North ball. It's one tough. P- take that we into account. P- <laughs> Here's a better prediction for you: How soon into the game will the Fire Canada chance oh. begin? Uh, first uh, incompletion over under. <laughs> uh over. <laughs> I'm not going to say. I, I will say the first three and out. Okay. Um, if the you want to give me, if you want me uh, to give a score pick, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give a score pick after you. But I, I will, I will go, I will go on that. I will say the Fire Canada chance start at the first three and out, especially if the Steelers get the ball first and they go three and out, it will already start. If the Ravens were smart, and I know they are, oh, they will give the ball to the Steelers and they win the coin toss. They defer absolutely one hundred percent. Um. Okay. This is AFC North ball. It's a one p.m. Like if it's a 1 p.m. or an 8 p.m., it's guaranteed to be the over/under total is going to be guaranteed to be less than 25. That's just how this works. With that said, I'm going to say Ravens 27 or Ravens 17, Steelers 10 for a total of 27. Um, I think the Ravens win this game. I think it's a one-score game. However, again, that irresistible force, immovable object quotient of the whole thing. It's so hard right now. I feel like after every Steelers loss, I say this: like it's so hard to pick, like the Steelers to come on top in a game against the Ravens where Kenny Pickett's knee is sore, where they're missing two out of their five starting offensive linemen, where they're could, they could be missing Alex Highsmith unless he's hurt. They don't have Pat Fryermuth. They don't have Deontay Johnson. They don't have Cam Hayward. They don't have DeMarvin Leal. Like there's so much that's piling up right now for the Steelers team. And I know the Ravens have their warts as well. Humphrey questionable, Odell questionable, Stanley questionable, Moses uh, doubtful, all that. I get that. But given what I saw last week and given what I have seen over the course of four games this season, it's really hard right now to think that the Steelers, as far as projectability is concerned, just are projected to win this game. I would project a seven-point game or less, but I project the Ravens come out on top. I think it's a defensive game. I think it's less than 30. I think this is that five yards in a clouded us AFC North ball, just like super gritty kind of football that we see on Sunday. Uh, AG Shadow Man, Calvin, Calvin Austin punt TD to win the game. You hear heard it here first, man. That's bold. That's bold prediction. That's maybe. I like those. I like those. Um, all right, time to give my pick. Um, I think it's worth noting that Vegas does not think that this is going to be a three point game. Ravens and Steelers is usually, I mean, going through the history, especially recent history, it's just, it seems to be three points or less every single time they play. Vegas has the Ravens favored by four. I think any kind of streak of three point games is broken on this one. Um, 
I think the Steelers maybe show up better than they did against the Texans. Honestly, it's hard to imagine they showing up, them showing up even worse than they did. Um, I'm still not confident in this offense's ability to produce points. Um, I'm going to say Ravens win this one, 27, 13 going 27 you're going you're going for that over by yourself there i i I almost think well but i mean it doesn't necessarily okay it's a two touchdown game but that second touchdown could come in a like kind of similar in a similar fashion that it did you know in the in the texans game 23 Mm -hmm. to 6 doesn't look nearly as bad as 30 to 6 you know that that last you know that late touchdown something like that something like that could happen the ravens are up you know uh, 20 to 20 to 13. It's a one, it's a one score game. And then, you know, they pull away, get a late touchdown and all of a sudden it's two scores. And uh, like Jerry, so. this is how I feel about every pit game uh, <laughs> since, since week two. And this is the first time I'm picking the Steelers to lose this season. I've been two and two so far. Um, you know, I, I felt good about the team going into the 49ers game. Obviously was smacked in the face on that. Um, I still thought they would bounce back, beat the Browns. They did that. I thought they were going to Vegas and beat a, and be the better football team. They were that. I thought they would, the same thing would happen last week. They proved me wrong. So right now, based off of four weeks of precedent, based off the way this Ravens team is playing, I just can't in my right mind choose the Steelers right now. They're a bad yeah, football team uh, right Jerry now. said it's really hard to watch games if you think they're going to lose. Again, that's, that's college football in this town right now. Uh, pro football in this town will take place Sunday. 1 p.m. in Acrisure Stadium. DK and I will be there uh, for all of the fun and festivities associated with AFC North. If you will, Chris and I will be back Monday per usual, 3 to 3.30-ish Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. DK and Ramon coming up in about 30 minutes. Ramon Foster show. No Ramon yesterday. We hope he's back today. Hope everything's well. And uh, we will talk to you on Monday. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This has been the Southside Beat. Cheers, everybody.